everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 210 are open. This week on the show we're going to be talking a lot about all of the new updates coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Nintendo decided to double the price of Nintendo Switch Online for Nintendo 64 games. Those bloody cheeky bastards, they want to bloody fill their pockets up with cash and we can't blame them, but you know, as consumers, let's uh, let's let's discuss what we actually get from that. And to talk all about that is my best mate Bryce DeWitt. Bryce, how you going, mate? Consumers indeed. We are the consumers. We consume the video games from Nintendo, don't we, Bryce? Mm-mm, the Nintendo game. Yes, Nintendo. Mm. Have you been enjoying your Nintendo uh, Switch, been playing some more Metroid Dread? What's the update on that game as far as you go? Oh, finished. Finished. Very nice, my friend. Yeah, not 100%, but I finished. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I am... Um, I'm still early days. I've only like had like some light play sessions over the week. You... Yeah, I know. Bloody uh, amateur over here. Mm, amateur hour. Mm, amateur yeah. hour at the house tomorrow. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about that, everyone. But, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm getting stuck a lot. Did you get stuck much? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a Metroid game. You're meant to get stuck. Yeah, I assume that. It just still makes me feel stupid. I'm like, no, all right. I'm like, oh, well, I'm looking at the map like for like five minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll uh, man- <laughs> just maneuver myself down there. Then something blocks me. I'm like, oh, I'll shoot around a bit. And oh, I can't find my way. So I go back and I'm going backwards and forwards. <laughs> I don't know what I'm bloody doing. While we're talking about that. Actually, while we're talking about Metroid, while I'm talking about that in general, mm-hmm. um, did did you see that um, the God of War director uh, was playing it on his YouTube channel? Oh, David Jaffe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, let's dive into this because I saw some of your replies. Well, not replies, but you, you oh. put a Twitter thread up about it. And, yeah, I did. And I, I was going to bring it up um, just because obviously, yeah struck something so explain what david jaffe's thoughts on the game were for anyone who doesn't know who david jaffe is he was uh, uh one of the creators of the original god of war on the playstation 2 and uh since since about 2014 i think he's uh, re- basically retired from the games industry and he's just you know uh, doing, doing youtube doing youtube and yeah. I, I quite enjoy his content to be honest i actually enjoy his streams personally actually <laughs> but it doesn't mean i have to agree with everything he says and i actually don't know his opinion no. But Bryce, fill his us opinion in. is he thinks he thinks Metroid. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but I think he said it was like something along the lines of like a glorified cow turd. Oh, mm. <laughs> and he called and he called Metroid Metroid uh, Dread a dated designed shit game. Oh really? Okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I would like to mention that. He compared. He was the entire time. He was pretty much comparing it to Shantae, uh, the Seven Seas. Mm. Can't remember exactly what the title was, um, and how that as a thirty dollars game is better, a far better Metroid, uh, me- far better Metroidvania experience than Metroid um, at a sixty dollars cost. Now, um, a lot of uh, I'll, it was on a section where. Honestly, I got stumped by it, but after I did it, I'm like, wow, that was plainly obvious and I'm dumb. And a lot of people got stuck there. Mm-hmm. But the way the game is designed is it's 
it, it's it's made for you to shoot in that direction and go oh there is actually like a pathway there cool right but some people just don't and i guess they just get lost that but you know that's metroid that's that's what happens and his opinion was somebody said in chat like shoot at the shoot at shoot at the roof he's like why would i do that he shot at the roof mm. and he's like okay he's like that's just shitty design. He's like, there is nothing there to indicate that I should shoot at that roof. And there's like heaps of visual indicators. Like there is enemies above that roof, which can be killed. There is, you know, enemies angled upwards so that when you fire your gun, you will shoot in that general direction and you will hit the roof and it will reveal itself. And he's ba- he basically went on. He's like, Shantae doesn't have shit like that. It doesn't have hidden pathways like that that you wouldn't even realize are there. And then like, Everybody was like, what the fuck you on about? Yes, it does. In fact, it has even harder to read secrets when it comes to pathways than what Metroid does because there's nothing to indicate that they're even there, which on my Twitter post, I posted a picture of that. There is like a pathway you can crawl through and there is no indication whatsoever to show that that would be a hidden pathway whatsoever. That's just, that's how it is. Mm, yeah anyway because they, they do clarify that mechanic at the very start as well like they do it's like the first and two they, seconds it's like oh, i just shoot stuff yeah because there's a lot of hidden stuff around that's right yeah and he it, it's it's quite clear that either he didn't remember that or he just blatantly ignored that because that was kind of the whole thing right it's just like if the game tells you to do something and that you're probably going to progress by doing it then you should probably do it that's the point um this isn't New design for Metroid. Metroid has done this since its inception. Um, and I think he only played like two hours worth. So he spent he spent two hours worth on the game, got pissed off at that one thing. Um, shat on it, compared it to Shantae. And I'm like, okay, yeah, not really a fair comparison to two similarly designed games, but two completely different purposes. Um, and then he the next day after he riled a bunch of people up and he's he's doing this to get more youtube viewership definitely he's he's definitely doing this and he goes into it it, it definitely worked yeah but well, obviously like, we're talking about it here aren't we <laughs> yeah don't go over to his channel and watch his shit just feed into it anyway yeah. um and he was like, he picked up Metroid Castlevania collection the next day. He's like, now it's time to see what a real Metroidvania plays like. I'm like, everything you said is in contradictory. If you think Castlevania does anything different, you're fucking wrong. Yeah, Castlevania, you're just um, slapping your whip everywhere to see where you can go. It's like, dude, yeah. he's like, let's let's see what the Metroidvania plays like. It's like right in his face. He typed it out. Metroidvania. It is, it is called a Metroidvania for a reason. They are similar games. They do things very similarly. They are maze-type games at the end of the day. Well, at least especially in the later entries. They're mm-hmm. very maze-like, and they want you to explore, discover secrets, like to get to different rooms, whatever, to get your upgrades. That is just how it is. That is Metroidvania. Um, so to say this is what a Metroidvania... This is what a real Metroidvania is like when literally everything you're doing is omnipresent in an actual Castlevania game as well as a Metroid game and just shitting on it for the sake of being like, oh, it's the new popular thing. We're just going to fucking like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it's crap, man. It's crap. Yeah. I say like a lot of people are like over the moon about this game and some people are, um, I was talking to Ash yesterday about Ashley just like, he's like, oh, it looks good, but it's just like, 
it's just as bullshit how it's like a full price game. And I kind of want to push back on that mentality of that, like, you know, like I think like Hollow Knight, for example, that's like $17 and it's like a 40 hour game. Like that's tremendous value. There's no denying that. But there's also a lot of value in say Metroid Dread, which is an $80 game. And, um, you know, you can finish it in about 10 hours. But I think there's a lot to just like the quality of the overall game that's actually worth the cash. And I don't want to discredit like publishers trying to do this type of game um, because, you know, it's not worth 80 bucks or whatever. And it's it's not going to be like enough for the publisher to actually bother to do it. And that's why like Ubisoft are always going for like, you know, big open world games, bigger, 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 you know. So they've got like the season pass and all this stuff they can sell you. And like even with Sony going like all AAA, it's all the big um, blockbuster titles. You know, we don't get stuff like that from a lot of these publishers. So I don't want to be like Nintendo, this this costs too much for what it is. And I think like in other cases, like, you know, some Kirby games and all that being like 80 bucks where it's like, man, it shouldn't really be worth that much, but it's sort of just spread across the same value across all Nintendo games. But yeah. Here's the thing, right, is that cost price does not come at necessarily the quality of the product. It comes at the notoriety of the studio. Mm, and the IP it, especially, yeah. And the IP. Case. Because, like, you know, Hollow Knight, again, like, drifting back to that real quick, Hollow Knight is a fantastic example of a really good Metroidvania game that is done excellently and perfectly. Ex- it's perfectly executed, right? But... Team Cherry have to sell that kind of a thing at $17 because they're not on the map. Mm. Well, yeah, right? well, especially when it first came out. When it first came out, yeah. It's you, also, know, it's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's also five people, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to- yeah. 20 odd people, yeah. Yeah. You know, so you've got to look at it from the perspective of like, depending on how many employees you've got to pay, um, you know, it might not, yeah, sure, it might to you personally, it might not feel like that experience or what have you, but there is also people that are fan, uh, have been fans of the series for a long time who have been waiting for this, right? To that, to them, you know, sixty to eighty dollars, which is the typical price point for the game at the moment, is a good cost of entry to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things, like especially with Hollow Knight. Like um, Hollow Knight is a brand fresh new world. There's not much to think about in terms of like how it how it interlocks with the rest of the series or whatever and they can do everything from scratch which means that they don't have anything holding them back whereas like with metroid they kind of have to make sure that all ends are tied and you know stuff like that as well so there's extra planning in that there's there's always like little things that sort of make it up right and again it doesn't matter what way you look at it you could think it's a 60 dollar game you could think it's a you could think it's a $20 game, like in terms of like eyesight value when looking at it, but it does 100% come down to um, how like you're trying to get your game out there for one in the, t- in the cases of again, Hollow Knight selling at a low cost price is optimal. Mm. That's how you do it. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the worth of that game. I would argue that Hollow Knight's probably more worth around the cost mark of about forty to forty to sixty dollars. Yeah, being being the game that it is. But if they don't sell it at seventeen dollars, they're never going to get that notoriety. And obviously, selling it at seventeen dollars has gotten them that notoriety. So if they want to expand, go forward, charge more for a game later on, they can. They've done it. They've made it there. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a big sort of discussion point 
just in general with Nintendo, with especially with this game, Metroid Dread. And yep. we, we could get stuck on that for a while. We'll discuss it an, another day. Um, but I reckon before we get into some more Metroid Dread stuff and actually talk about some uh, rest of the news, I've got a... Uh, uh, what have I got here? Um, I've got a Guru Geek out. That's what I've got. And uh, Bryce, there was there's a little boy who, uh, you know, listened to us when we started the House of Mario four years ago. He's 14 years old. And it really did mean a lot to us when, you know, this uh, this uh, young man reached out to us, listened to the show, listened to us at high school. And uh, this week, our good friend Metadox, who's been in the yeah. House of Mario Discord, is finishing high school. That is. So a big shout out to Metadox. Congratulations on finishing school. He got away with no exams, the little bastard. <laughs> I... I've, I almost had a bloody panic attack every day going to do exams. I was I hated exams. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, no good at them. No good at them at all. So, You're no good at pressure. No, I don't like pressure whatsoever. So now I just have a nice mm. chill life in the country. Don't <laughs> keep the blood pressure down. Uh, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's insane. Does it make you feel a bit old? So when he reached out to oh. us, I, I still remember when he's like, yeah, I'm, four, I'm 14. I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's awesome. If if anything, it makes me feel that little bit younger. Makes you feel younger. Like, yeah, it does. So he's eighteen now, Bryce. How do you feel about that? It's a bit rough. Uh, he's grown up. I've been streaming, boy. especially the past couple of weeks. I've been streaming a lot and co- uh, like collaborative streaming with Metadox and uh, Wacko Jacko, who's also in the chat here. Hello, my friend. Um, to you know, sort of like rustle rustle up, sort of like a community the community vibe between streams and um it's it's been good spending time with both of them on stream uh anybody who's come into voice chat and hung out it's been awesome um metadox has a lot of ambitions in that route he really wants to keep it keep on keeping on streaming and sort of have some fun and stuff like that and it's been it's, it's been good to see him sort of work through that despite the fact he's like got a lot of pressure on for him at the end of school so um mm. On on my end, definitely a big cra- uh, congratulations, my friend. I uh, I uh, s- said to you uh, the other week. I said uh, good luck with the end of it, and uh, obviously you're there now. Well done. Uh, by the time we see you next, we'll, we can officially buy him a beer. So we'll do that for him. Yeah, because <laughs> his birthday's we'll in December, so we'll buy him a beer and uh, say congratulations then in person. Hopefully, he's in Adelaide, so we'll get we'll get there sometime. We will. So, yeah, um, just a big shout out. Go and check out his brand new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Metadox. Is that what he's got it as, Bryce? Yes. M-E-T-T-A-D-O-X. Go and check it out. Go and check it out. Fantastic stuff. I do enjoy watching. It's funny because, like, you're both streaming, like, the same match. I'm just, like, jumping between them all, like, jumping <laughs> to all the chats. Like, hey, guys. Hey, hey. <laughs> yep. Got to get that viewership. Mm. Mm, that viewership. Oh, who's going to win my viewership? Who's going to be my best friend? <laughs> who's going to? Uh, I know. I need the more view time at the moment. He needs the more followers. Um, right. He, he's got enough. He's got enough um, uh, average viewers. Whereas I have the followers, but don't have the average viewers. So I need the average viewers at the moment. Interesting. Well, mm. I can't give him any more follows. I can give you more watch time. I That's can, right. I can give you that watch time. You'll be able to do that this week because it's Sora week. 
Yeah. We're playing a lot of Smash. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, obviously, at the time of recording this, we do not have Sora. When you're listening to this, Sora will be available. We will be playing it throughout the week, and then we'll report in next week about that floaty Disney boy in floaty the Super Disney Smash. Boy. <laughs> floaty Disney boy. Float, floaty Disney boy. I'd also like to mention that Wacker Jack is bragging in the chat that he has both the viewership and uh, the viewership and the followers. Stop bragging, my friend. All right, Wacko Jacko, what the fuck, mate? That's uh, that's uh, that's a bit rough. We got Bryce and Meta here trying to <laughs> trying to trying to make make a career, make a feed their families off of a uh, streaming, and here you are just bringing them down. That's just too bad, mate. Coming in with the hard facts. Nah, yeah, they're just facts, man. I'm sorry, Bryce. It's just he, he's got the facts. <laughs> Love you, Jacko. Love you, Jacko. We do. All right, Bryce. Without further ado, let's uh, jump into the news and start off with the Animal Crossing New Horizons update. I'm excited to talk about this. So let's get into it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. My body is still so a couple of days ago, we got a Animal Crossing New Horizons DLC update, a sort of a Nintendo Direct focused all about Animal Crossing, and it was a doozy. The Animal Crossing community was very, very happy, which I'm just stoked yeah. to see um, because like, I think they've been feeling a bit rejected in the past, just like the updates weren't exactly what people wanted for the game and you know, a bit, bit small. I think the last big one was like all the Mario sort of items coming to the game and that was like at the start of the year i can't remember i can't remember the they're still line. accessible right i believe so yeah i don't know the why they wouldn't be but i don't know i never got them i don't good. think no that that's good it's just because like I, I am thinking about going back but i'm thinking about raising my island to the ground and restarting fresh mm-hmm. um and then just sort of going from there but obviously you know that's going to take time in it itself but if i have a warp pipe it will be a lot easier. Yeah, the warp pop's so, great. Yeah. I really want one too. Um, yeah, so I actually did go back to New Horizons. I'm like, you know, just brand new Switch OLED. It looks great on the OLED. So I'm like, yeah, you know, this is an excuse to play a colorful game on there. And um, it's kind of what I need at the moment. Just like pick up my Switch and play a game where it's not like I've got to progress through a story or whatever. Because at the moment, like, you know, if it's by the time I'm wrapped up, it's like eight o'clock. Do I want to beat my head against the wall in Metroid Dread? Yes, or, or, you do. Uh, yeah, well, mate, I, I'm saving that for the weekend. Finish it. You saving that finish the, it. I'll, fin- I'll finish it one day, bros. I'll finish it. I finish. I finish, I finish it in eight hours, mate. All right. Eight hours, aren't you a smart boy? Eight hey? hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, that was without collecting everything. Although, like, that means that I had to do a lot of the boss fights in a lot harder circumstance. Um, but repetitive learning got me there. It was good. That's, that is good, bros. I'll uh, I'll beat it in about twenty hours, I reckon. If <laughs> knowing me, well, Metadoc's one hundred percent at it in fourteen. I think he can manage it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I can manage it. All right. So let's uh, go over a little bit of the stuff in the uh, Animal Crossing Direct. So Brewster will open a cafe in the museum where you'll be able to catch up with your villagers and other significant characters from the Animal Crossing universe. You'll be able to uh, also have tea with your friends. You can catch up in the in the cafe. Be a fun time. You can also bring Amiibo in through the Amiibo cards. Um, and they're, oh, also, yeah. they're adding Series 5 Amiibo cards as well, which people are very excited about. You can take a boat tour with Cap'n. So Cap'n is back in the game. Good old Cap'n. 
go to a mysterious island where you'll get materials and plants and stuff that you can't get on the, the main island. Fantastic. Just give me more. Gyroid, gyroids are back, Bryce. How do you feel about gyroids? So gyroids in the Animal Crossing world are these like weird little wooden sculptures that move and do like a little bit of a beat. And if you put them all in a room and put their different tunes and patterns together, you're about to get some cool stuff. And you can actually customize these gyroids. So that's Which is cool. good, yes. Yeah. 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 I've always felt like they've oddly missed from the game because I still remember all my time in, in uh, Wild World when I was playing that for a little bit, like through your copy where I'd be digging digging bloody gyroids out the ground. I'd be like, bloody gyroids, here we go. <laughs> gyroids like, were everywhere. Now they're just like, they oh. didn't exist for almost uh, well, over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of keen for them to come back. Yeah. Mm. You'd be at the shop at the open market on Harv's Island. And this is pretty cool. So this is bringing back a lot of the other uh, sort of main characters from Animal Crossing. They're opening their own stores. You saw a tour timer there, the old mayor from the um, other Animal Crossing games. He's opening up his own stall, as well as multiple other characters. Um, there's a fortune teller. You can get haircuts. You can do all this type of stuff. So that's cool. Uh, basically, you have to donate bills to unlock each store by the sounds of it. So more stuff to spend money on, to grind for, which is good for people that want to do that. I'm still paying off my house. I've got, my, I've got one more payment I did pay off my house, actually. I've got one more payment to do. I went back. I'm I, like, hmm. I'm trying to remember how I earned money. Did you do the the turnip game? Is that what you did? Did you sell fruit? I did. Yeah. No, I did turnips. Um, I became actually quite efficient at doing turnips. Um, I probably feel like I should get in next Sunday and probably do another round. Hmm. I did a lot of turnips. It, like it, it's that was the thing, right? It's like, um, it seemed it, it always seemed like such a bit of such a crawl to do turnips in um, previous Animal Crossings. But here, because there's so many people playing the game, there's so many online communities uh, posting up their turnip prices and stuff that it was so easy to make money. Um, even if it was just like you know, you got to the end of the week, you could you couldn't find a good lobby, but you found good enough. That it was like okay, it's like I bought them at seventy five. It's like these these Nook twins are paying 80 or whatever. It's like at least I could sell them still for a profit. So mm. no matter what, you were never losing, like ever. It was really good. Yeah, I never got into the the, uh, the turnips that much, but I need to. I'll uh, get back onto it so I can pay these bloody. Get on Reddit. Get on Reddit. <laughs> get on Reddit. There is a there is actually a sub there. Uh, Trying to remember what it was called. Hang on, I'll bring it up. Keep talking. Well, I'll just continue on to the next point. So, cooking is being introduced in the game. You'll be able to grow crops and you'll be able to craft these um, multiple ingredients into food that you can place in your house and eat and all of that. So, that's pretty cool. A lot of uh, the Animal Crossing community is very happy that you'll be able to cook some nice meals in the game. Uh, turnip exchange, turnip exchange. In Reddit, yeah. <coughs> so, yep, turnip exchange subreddit. Yep, back into the turnip exchange. Uh, what's this? Uh, this this dot point here. Further support your island life. Nook Inc. will further support uh, your island from group stretching the plaza to a bigger home storage. So that, yeah, that's really great. So you get bigger home storage. The residents being able to establish ordinance. Yes, that that's very useful. So 
ordinance are returning. So basically you can control when the shops and your villages are active. So if you play the game at nighttime, you can set it to a late ordinate, which uh, sounds really good because when I'm always playing at nighttime. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So everyone's asleep and the shops are shut. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> the just... worst, the absolute worst time to play that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still remember in Wild World just running around. It's like, oh, just like one minute to go. So I've got to sell these fish. <laughs> just like running back. Yeah, so there's just like a, a bunch of like uh, little little things that sort of just hopefully will make for a better experience at the uh, at the end of the day, which is looking really fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obviously there's a lot more than that in the free update. You can go. And, I'm sure you've already checked out the direct if you need to. But how do you feel about the free update, Bryce? Is this so? Obviously you're thinking about going back to it for for this. This is the bit where we'll get for free. You don't have to pay any money whatsoever. Are you excited to get back and do cooking and go to Harv's Island, all of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the thing is that I I have not participated much in additional content since East... Uh, and even then, I didn't participate in that. Um, I've always sort of been like uh, the base game person where like even when a new update came out i was just like yeah maybe i'll go back to it maybe i won't and i just never did um so there is a lot a lot of like you know obviously i miss the seasonal events but there's been updates outside of that too that i haven't bothered with so now going back to it is going to be like going going into a whole new um expansion to the game i suppose um one that's a complete experience so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel like there's never anything to do if I do decide to go back. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we're not getting any more events like Easter. Easter was terrible, but um, <laughs> I'll I'll just be glad to get all that like additional content, um, pretty much all delivered to me at once. I think like because that's the thing is like Animal Crossing is an experience. I played it for like two months. I bought two copies of the game so my partner could play with me and. She beat me in island raiding. She kicked my ass um, because <laughs> I, I spent way too much time trying to divvy up like the perfect island where she used a lot of her natural resources and it worked really well. Um, so I am I am interested to sort of go back and make use of all those new things that I never got to, uh, that, well, that I never bothered with um, and create an island using those. would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm just so happy that the uh, like a lot of the full-time Animal Crossing creators are really stoked about this update. Like, I went and looked at uh, Console Kato's live stream. Um, Console Kato, one of the co-hosts on the Nintendo Drive, and she it's like every small thing. Like for me, it was just like, oh, you know, you can <laughs> you can like sideways step between close furniture in your house. I'm like, oh, that seems quite useful. I'm like, they're not in my head, but watching her uh, her live stream, she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Just like every little thing. Like She notices like a bit of furniture that's returning. I think it was like, the, go. It's like the froggy chairs back. She's like, oh, my God, the froggy chair. It's just like, oh, it's so fun. I'm like, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, the people that are stuck with this game have something to really rally around because I think it, it has been like a big drought of just waiting for some good news as far as stuff for this. But one of the the biggest things that came from this, which we weren't necessarily expecting, was a paid DLC, Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise. 
which will be paid DLC. It'll be $25 US for this expansion. And in this expansion, you can work with Lottie as a member of the Paradise planning team. So basically, you'll be able to go into houses and make the dream home for particular villages. They'll let you know what they want, whether they want an arcade or a sports center or whatever they want. And you'll be able to use um, a big library of pre-existing furniture to make their dream home, which uh, seems like a lot of fun. I actually quite like the idea of um, the, the 3DS game, the spin-off game. Happy Home Designer. Happy yeah. Home Designer, yeah. I actually quite like the idea of that. I never really played it much. I got it secondhand like uh, when EB Games was clearing out 3DS games and I never got around to going back to it because it was years yep. after the game actually came out. But I did play, I remember one year at PAX. Um, must have been 2006. Yeah, it was 2016, I think, like before the Switch is out. And I didn't have much to do at PAX. I just wanted to sit down. So I went to Nintendo's booth and I sat down on 3DS and I just like got... um happy home designer out and just at the booth there. And I, just, I was there for like half an hour. I was enjoying it, <laughs> just putting together a house. So yeah. I think uh, bringing that sort of mechanic into this and actually having a part of the actual Animal Crossing game and giving you a reason to um, to do it, to feed back into the actual real Animal Crossing experience is a great thing. So I'm looking forward, yeah. looking forward to doing this. Um, you'll also be able to remodel these buildings as well that they have on the island here so you can like design a school you can design um, like a garden and stuff like that just uh put together like just really use your like i guess you like your creative flair to design some some particular environments which is uh, pretty cool too um so you'll get rewards for that um what else we got here that's pretty much it as far as what like, the dlc goes it's pretty pretty meaty and um, it is, yeah, yeah. So I'll be I'll be picking this up. Um, do you reckon I'll you'll be, be getting get, it in my online subscription? You'll be getting in the online subscription. Very nice. So let's move on. Let's move on to that because I don't know how much we have to say about the DLC until we actually get to play it. That yeah. comes out. It all comes out on the fifth of November. So we will be digging into that once we get the opportunity. But just randomly, we didn't really expect it here, but we got more information about Nintendo Switch Online, the expansion pass, or the expansion pack, sorry, uh, which will offer you uh, Sega Genesis games, Nintendo 64 games, and confirmed here, we'll actually get access to the DLC, a part of that extra subscription. Um, but the pricing, now this has been a doozy, Bryce. This is really interesting. I I, I, I miss the uh, initial live stream of the the uh, direct it was one o'clock in the morning here, so I'm not. I wasn't staying up for that. That wasn't going to happen. But I read the the press release. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like going through like you know, new furniture, this, this. I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. I'm going to watch it at the end of the day. I'm not going to be too worried about it. But I just see Nintendo Switch Online. I'm like, sixty bucks. That's buddy doubled. So going back to a conversation we had before, Bryce, we we're expecting about t- a ten US dollar increase. Uh, going to this expansion pack, <laughs> and uh, not not quite. So in the US, it goes from twenty dollars to fifty dollars. So it's a thirty dollar increase in the states, whereas in Australia, it's a thirty. It's a yeah. It's a it's a thirty dollar increase as well. So it's just double for us. Fifty percent, one hundred and fifty percent more in the US. So they actually got screwed over worse than we did. They did. They did. They did. It'd be interesting to work out how much. How much is fifty US dollars in Australian? Mm. The, as we say on my stream, we could always ask. 
the all-knowing God. Hey Siri, how much is fifty US dollars in Australian? Put up to the microphone as well. Oh, I can't because she's on silence. Sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, yeah. So we're getting a better deal over here in Australia. So if you want to, if you want to save seven bucks, come to Australia, mate. You'll get a nice little, nice little discount on that Nintendo Switch online. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, this, it's, it's got a, it's got a few things to it. So obviously, just like the increase is ridiculous for Nintendo sixty four games and Sega Genesis games. But where the interesting conversation comes in is just the idea that they're offering DLC for Animal Crossing, a part of this. And people people came to the conclusion like, oh, are they going to include all first-party Nintendo game DLC with this pass? But Nintendo never said anything. They didn't say anything like expect more content in the future or anything like that. They just said this is with this like particular uh, tier of the subscription. So I, I'm inclined to believe that this is a one-off, but there's been a big conversation around, yeah, just like more DLC being a part of this. And that's where it could be a really great value because now the price is very similar to PlayStation Plus and Xbox Gold. So it's got to sort of stack up amongst them. And with PlayStation Plus, you get access to you know, some pretty great games and sometimes they're brand new games as well. And Xbox, Xbox Gold, you know, it's... You don't get very good games with that, but that's because they've got Game Pass and there's a lot more sort of reason to include them with that other subscription. But yeah. what, what what do we think about including more DLC? Do you think it will happen? Because they would say, they would say if they, if they plan to release more. No, I don't think, I think this is a test trial run. I think I think they're waiting to see how many people actually get use out of it for Animal Crossing and then they'll probably make their decision from there. Um I think this is basically what they'll do is they'll take the user base who are getting it through online and they'll compare it to the sales figures that they get from actually selling it and then they'll make the decision from there. Um, However, I think there's only very limited ways they can do this Um, and unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to go back and do it with a lot of games um so for example like breath of the wild i just don't see how that's possible like at all um breath of the wild's dlc is very much like a one and done scenario um losing access to it does not actually lose anything at all like unless you all of a sudden take like the master cycle away from link or take the true master sword away from link which i find would be ridiculously hard in the coding to do uh like now so you could pretty much just scratch everything back from most of the old dlc octo expansion you might get away with maybe um but yeah i i don't really see how it could work uh for older dlc if it was newer dlc then obviously they can incorporate it and sort of make a way to do it but i think the unique thing with the animal crossing dlc is that it is built in such a specific way that you can literally just cut people off when necessary Mm. um yeah, it's true. disconnected from the main portion of the game. so It just yeah. takes away your ticket to the airplane pretty much, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They've only got to hit a button to switch it off sort of thing, right? So I do think that, unfortunately, 
I don't think it's going to happen. I would love for it to happen. Um, the price increase is very steep, and especially for like launch um, of this pass, where you're only getting like about nine games day one. Um, well, nine sixty-four games. I'm not even going to bother including the Genesis games in this as an option. The reason being is because they're already available um, through a much cheaper mean in Sega Classics collections and stuff like that. You know, you pay $30 and you get like 50 plus, 50 plus Sega games, right? And a lot of them are Genesis. So it's really hard to say, oh, look, the price is sort of like justified because Genesis is there and so is 64. The only the only reason people are playing this price are for, is for the 64. Um yeah i i think that's evident because uh when i went yeah. to at the end of the day i was because i was working on the weekend um that's why we're recording a bit later as well for this episode yeah but i went to order the nintendo 64 control at the end of the, at the end of the day and um they're all they're all, they're all sold out i'm like yeah well i expected that fair enough i'm like i wonder if i the, got one <laughs> very nice I wonder if the Genesis one's still open. It's like, yes, it was. So yeah, they are because nobody want, nobody wants them. <laughs> nobody wants them. You like, you, there's no, there's no loss. Like, here's the thing: it's like the Nintendo 64 controller, and I, I mean this in like not a positive way. The Nintendo 64 controller is hands down one of the worst controller designs in history, uh, and I can admit that even being a Nintendo 64 fan. Um, but I bought one anyway because. I like the classic experience of a Nintendo 64 controller because that's what I grew up with. It's fine. It feels right? good for Nintendo 64 games. It does mm. because it's made for Nintendo 64 games, like with the C buttons and stuff like that. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, third parties have already jumped at the opportunity to make this like a thing, right? Um, there's a third party controller called the Brawler, um, yeah. which has one one uh, joystick and four C buttons BA, but it's shaped like a pro controller. Like it's not, you know. It so looks, it looks nice, yeah. It does. It looks very clean. Looks better than the N64 controller. However, I am a sucker for anything Nintendo 64. So that Nintendo 64 controller is mine. I'm going to buy it. Um, <laughs> now, uh, that being said, like with with all of that aside, Knowing that that is the case, right, and they've already sold out the N64 controllers, we already know that people are just going to stick like glue to the Nintendo 64 games out of this. It's kind of shitty that the price is then bumped up double here and even more in the US with the knowledge that there is a Sega Classics collection out there that will hold a lot of those games that are going to be there initially on launch for the same price you would have spent getting that upgrade for one month. That's kind of like, you know, a bit excessive. Um, what, what I'm hoping, though, is that um, maybe in the future they, they do reconsider it. I think this is very much like a test the waters thing. And obviously, um, like at the moment, it's definitely not going to show its value. Not until they drip release even more titles. And yes, drip release is shitty, but... Oh. You know, here's the thing: is like once once they eventually get a lot out the door, then it'll definitely. I I would say it'd be worth it, right? Nintendo sixty four has an incredible library um, of really unique titles that you know um, there was a lot a lot less Nintendo sixty four players than there were PlayStation players. So it's possibility that they'll come back for this and sort of have a look, um, and that's great. 
Um, however, what what has me primarily concerned is knowing that all the like the DLC from Nintendo's catalog isn't going to be compatible with this service. Um, the Genesis games don't have as much value as the Nintendo 64 ones. What's going to happen if they decide to include like GameCube in this service, then Wii in this service? Are they going to bump the price up even more? Because at that point, it becomes more expensive than a, a PSN or Xbox service. Um, and that's obviously a, a huge deal. We don't we don't want it to be more expensive than them. It's already it's already sort of gone too far. Um, but you know, part of me would also like to see that because of the because of the way that they're doing this, like you've obviously got your NES and SNES games at base. I think they'll always be at base because it is kind of just like you know they are standard Nintendo history. Um, but I would like to see maybe in the future that say like you have the next tier up and then you can pick from like 64 GBA Wii GameCube for example and then you can pick two there right or you could choose to go up a third tier and pick up another two there you know sort of thing so that if the price is going to go up at least you can sort of get what you want out of it because nobody cares about the Genesis games like at all well yeah, I would. I wouldn't say up. nobody. I'm sure. I'm sure. Definitely not enough yeah. people. Nobody. Nobody's picking it. Picking this up for the Genesis games primarily. They are definitely not. Yeah, I really. Uh, I really wish they just opted for Game Boy or another Nintendo platform. I know. I know. Like there are some. Well, there's there's a lot of Sega fans out there, and they're probably stoked that they can play Golden Axe and stuff online with friends. So like, and to be yeah. honest, I'll 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 be diving into the Sega Genesis collection. Like, wh- why not? You know. I'll, I'll have it because I will be buying it. I'm a sucker. You will be too, you know. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because like for the first year, it does make sense. We're going to be wanting to play Animal Crossing. The Animal Crossing DLC is, I think it was 37 bucks. So for the first year, it makes sense. We'll be spending less on the Animal Crossing DLC and we'll get access to Nintendo 64 games, which we want to get anyway. But going, I'll be playing the shit out of them, so it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah, but yeah. going going forward, it's just going to be interesting what they decide to do, and that's that's what's frustrating to me. It's so clear what PlayStation Plus is. You get three games a month across PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five. You get cloud saves. You get all that stuff. On Switch, it's you, you get cloud saves. You get um, access to classic systems on um, on the first tier. Then the second tier, it's like, well, you can you can get this DLC for one game. You can get Nintendo 64 and Genesis games with this extra add-on pack. And if you don't play Animal Crossing, you're really not getting that great of value with it. But if you do play Animal Crossing, great. You are getting some decent value for the first year. Um, but what's going to entice people that aren't into Animal Crossing, but they're into Smash or they're into something else? That's where um, they need to... They just need to be clear and have a roadmap like Nintendo 64 games. They can't treat them like they tr- treated super Nintendo games. They can't come out just like, Oh, three months. We release like three games, which are from a third party, which, you know, are unfamiliar to a lot of people. We need like a game a month to actually, well, we need, I feel like we need more than a game a month for Nintendo yeah, 64. It needs to be more me clear. Too. Like that. They're already teasing like paper Mario and Banjo Kazooie. I don't want Banjo Kazooie June next year. You know what I mean? No, it can't. No. It can't take that long to roll out. It needs if, to be needs to be here in like December. In fact, they shouldn't be rolling them out at all. Really, they should just like have it all there. But I know that's not exactly the best way to run a subscription because people will play them all and run away quickly. Probably. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. 
yeah. So we'll be looking at this as um, as time goes on. I am looking forward to playing Mario Kart and all that online. That'll be fun. That'll be great, actually. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That'll be very good. I'm looking forward to you getting your Nintendo 64 controller. I reckon that's the best yeah. thing out of all of this. We just get a brand new wireless Nintendo 64 controller, which you can pair with your PC and uh, emulate all the games. There you go. And that is that is <laughs> no no dead set. Yeah, that is I great. Know. Because the problem is, is like going back and hopefully if they can manage to solve the joystick problem, if I I would have to have hoped they have right. Um. Yeah. Then you know you you will have that Nintendo sixty four controller that uh, you can connect to your PC without having to jump around with extra, uh, like, I, I guess adapters and stuff like that that you have to buy from independent online sellers that, you know, make them at some sort of meh quality and like all that stuff just to just to use a Nintendo sixty four controller on your computer. I, th- I think that's great. I th- that's that's kind of why I want it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. For your, Thanks, nice, for your nice PC controller. What what is beeping in the background? Is that is that at your place or is am I imagining things? I think you're imagining things because I can't hear anything. Really? Is it your TV? Your TV's on, I think. If that's what it is, yeah, it's the TV in the bedroom. I can hear beep beep. There's no every now and again. Beep. Oh, listeners, if you can hear that too, um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear it. I'm, I'm in my own house. I can hear the I can hear the TV in the bedroom, but no beep beeps from it. Oh, not 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 right now. But every now and again, there's a beep going on. It sounds like you're saying a swear word. No, no. <laughs> oh well. I I want to know uh, if if people can hear that in the background. Let me know, just so I don't I know that I'm not bloody going crazy. All right. So let's move on, Bryce, away from Animal Crossing. Looking forward to playing that, obviously, but. Uh, next up is a story that the Kingdom Hearts producer says porting the series to Switch natively is still, quote, undecided. <laughs> so a quote from the Kingdom Hearts producer, bringing all these titles to Nintendo Switch proved to be quite uh, quite difficult for various reasons, including storage uh, capacity of the hardware. But we're excited that we're able to make it happen for the first time ever by utilizing the cloud service. So that was just pulled out of... Uh, a bit of an interview where it was questioned about it. But I just thought I would bring it up because it is interesting because I went and had a look at like how big is Kingdom Hearts, like the collections, and the one where it's all together, it's about 40, 45 gig on uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4. So I guess that might be one reason just because of the, the Switch only having 32 gig. So And also just like uh, it being like the physical media only... There are, a lot of the uh, publishers only opt for like six six gigabytes because they don't want to pay for any any more. Which you know, fair enough. You got you to pinch those pennies, publishers. Kingdom Hearts won't make you any money, so don't worry about that. But that could just be release a it as digital. Reason. Then who cares? So like, there is there is there is like uh, it just shits me. It shits me. I hate cloud versions. I hate them so much. Like. And especially in this case, the, like a lot of these games are from Vita or are from the PS2 or uh, like, why? Mm. <laughs> why bother? Yeah. Why bother? Why bother? Just, <laughs> just, I don't care if it's download, like, I don't care if it's digital download only. Who cares? Who really cares? Just if you're going to do it, you might as well just do it properly. Don't, don't half arse it. 
Like a lot of, there's been a lot of exclusive Kingdom Hearts games on Nintendo consoles for years. Why is it? Why is it now all of a sudden a problem? I don't get it. Yeah, it is frustrating. Just like how they opted for the cloud version because we won't even have the option to play it anyway. Being no. in Australia, um, no. I did try XCloud the other day. Um, yeah, it, it worked. It worked all right for the opening cutscene of Forza Horizon. Um, when I went to play it, it's like, oh, it <laughs> just <laughs> wanted to kill itself. So, yes. He's like, oh. I'm like, oh my God, it's working flawlessly until I actually like press a button. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, uh, did you hear about the Mercury Steam sort of, uh, I guess, fiasco with yeah. not including the stuff in the credits? Yeah, this is a bit scummy. Yeah, so I'm going to pull this from gamesindustry.biz and the article reads, Metroid Dread developer Mercury Steam has responded to former employees who had uh, objected objected to being left out of the game's credits. In a statement shared with Spanish games publication Vandal, a spokesman said that the developers must have worked on the title at least 25% of its full development time to appear in the, in the credits. The spokesman added that occasionally expectations are made for exceptional contributions. Vandal reported that several employees had voiced their concerns over not being included in Metroid Dread's credits for the past few days. Senior, th- se- a senior 3D artist uh, Roberto said on LinkedIn that he worked on the game for eight months and wasn't credited. credited. He added that he had recognized, uh, recognized quite a few assets and environments uh, that he worked on in the final game. So I'm not going to read the whole article there. That sort of covers... Um, a lot of it, but it is, um, yeah, it is pretty disappointing. And this, this is something that just is quite common in the video game industry that, you know, not every single person who has worked on a game does make into the credits, which, which sucks. Um, you know, like 20, 25%, you know, that's, that's quite a long, a long time they're working on the game that the game took, apparently took about three years to, um, from start to finish. So, like, if you're just someone who's who's maybe contracted in to do like a bit of environmental um, environment art or some sound effects or something, you know, it, it won't take twenty five percent of the full development time to do your work. So and it could be a major portion, like portion of the game, like the like for example, like the gun, the the arm cannon, the sound effects and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people, you don't need them for that long, so just don't make it into the game. It's not because they're lazy or they quit because they're like, oh, this is too hard, I want to just go home and sleep. You know, there's uh, people just move around and especially if you're like, yeah, I'm the person who did X and X game. It's like, well, you're not, in the, you're not in the credits, you can't use it on your resume to get into like other jobs or whatever. It's a, you know, it's a big thing. It just it's kind of sucks because I would imagine I'd, I'd be absolutely heartbroken if I wasn't included in something I was a part of. Yeah. Especially like in Mercury Steam too, like in that case, because being a Spanish developer, you know, it's it's not like the most, uh, it's not, the country isn't like the most robust video game sort of creator. So um, any opportunity, so they, like a lot of the people get over there, especially to be included in a, in a Nintendo game, you know, it doesn't come around every day. At the very least, like I think that, um, in the extras menu, they could have had like an extended credit scene. Like, if it, if it doesn't happen at the end of the game, then that's fine, right? Um, but as long as their as long as their name is included somewhere, and especially you know 
um, when you look at it from the perspective of it's not really that hard to put an extended credit scene that includes as many people as possible, um, then, yeah. like Because I, I can understand like them not wanting to junk up the credits at the end of a game because I like these days it is not uncommon for me to see credit sequences that are 30 minutes long. Um, and nobody wants to sit through that, uh, especially when I, there are a lot of them that are entirely unskippable. Um, so fair enough in that case, right? Uh, but I think it's important that their name is there somewhere in the game. And if that it requires a uh, extended credit sequence, then yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah, something something I feel like they need, but it would be interesting that like their reasoning. Is it like something very simple? Just like, yeah, well, there's people here that worked on it for a long time and it kind of sucks that people could make it into it so easy by coming in. It's like, is that their reasoning or is there something more sinister? No, I don't think so. But I think the problem is is like especially with modern game development, again, like I like I said before, is um you know, these credits are starting to get stupidly junked up. Like uh, Final Fantasy XIV, I, I want to take as an example, right? That's an MMORPG. Obviously, there's a lot of people that work on a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as much as the credit schemes, credit schemes, credit scenes Maybe are skippable. Mm-hmm. Yep, are, are skippable. But they they come at, end, at the end of every expansion. And it's getting to the point where those credit scenes, like if you want to watch through the entire thing, um, without fast forwarding at normal speed, like it's starting to take thirty to forty-five minutes. Like it's it's a lot of people to go through, right? Um, and they all deserve it, right? They they deserve to be in the credits of that game. That's one hundred percent certain. But I can understand it for developers. Like we don't want to like enamor our audience with like th- this person contributed like one sound effect for this enemy death that you see once in a game, for example, right? Um, fine, fair enough, but they still need to be in there somewhere. They did contribute to the project. Um, so having that extended scenes, I think, extended credit scene would actually alleviate a lot of that problem. Yeah. Hopefully it's something they do going forward because maybe it's something they didn't think was that big an issue. You know, it's just the credits for the, I guess, like the main team that, you know, works full-time and sticks around and isn't on contract basis. But I, maybe I think, maybe people voicing their opinions like, oh, well, we will include like an extended section. I think the lesson is, is that times have changed, right? Um, with, with what I said earlier and, you know, having way more people working on a project these days, I think it was just common courtesy practice back then uh, with smaller teams to be like, well, if you didn't contribute like 25% to a game, then were you really a part of it when the team is like 10 people? or you know yeah something yeah. like that but obviously like with contract work and stuff like that these days it could it could go out to so many different people it, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous the reach of like being involved in a video game is now like with voice uh, you know you think back to like the NES and snes was like minimal voice acting like sometimes there would be like some really bit crushed voice acting or like what have you it's not like that these days. It's all high production and, you know, a lot of people are involved in high production. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's important to a lot of these people, especially now, because it does take that, that extra effort. Yeah, and just like the nature of Metroid Dread being a Switch game, like, yeah, it's probably like a lot more people rolling through and doing like little bits and stuff um, that they didn't have to do for their 3DS games. They were responsible for the Castlevania 
uh, games on 3DS as well as obviously um, Metroid Samus Returns on 3DS um, back in 2017. So this game is probably like a bigger undertaking as far as just resources go and getting people on to um, to make the game. Yep. So, moving on to some more Metroid news. This is from Nintendo Life. Metroid Dread's UK sales momentum points to a big moment for the series. And just so I get everything, I'll make sure I'll read the article from Thomas Whitehead. Make sure you go and support Nintendo Life. So, the article reads, Though it will take a number of weeks for sales figures to come through globally, it would seem that Metroid Dread has started strongly. Uh, driven by an extensive marketing campaign from Nintendo and a lot of positive word of mouth online. UK sales have been some of the first to come through and though I failed to get past the multi-platform titles like Far Cry, Far Cry 6 and FIFA 2020, Metroid Dread's weekend more than likely made it the IP's best opening in the country when factoring in eShop downloads. At the time of writing, it's number one on the UK and US eShop chart. As, as you'd probably expect, especially since there's not too much coming out at the moment. Um, the series hasn't historically been one of Nintendo's most successful, with its influence and cultural impact outweighing actual sales. However, pre- perhaps Dread can turn that around thanks to a combination of its quality and arriving on the hugely popular Switch. Yet the sales data and where Metroid games stand in the bigger picture is interesting. A new report from GamesIndustry.biz uh, focused on the U- UK market is a fascinating read from that perspective. It's well worth a look at as it goes through the sales history of the series in the UK, given the insight into uh, when the IP was closest to the major breakthrough and showing that uh, in the UK, at least, the series iconic standout Super Metroid performed pretty poorly at the time. This is arguably... Argu- uh, because at that point, the Sega Mega Drive was pushing the Super Nintendo hard in the UK market. But that's interesting to see. Uh, below is an excerpt from uh, from report related to the last five years of the franchise and a turnaround with Mercury Steam's <coughs> effort on Dread and previously released Metroid Samus Returns. Quote, when Metroid did return in 2016, it was another controversial release. Metroid Prime Federation Force on Nintendo 3DS. Similar to Hunters in some ways, Federation Force focused on action and multiplayer, but it wasn't what fans wanted, uh, who disliked the original trailer and called on Nintendo to cancel the game via a petition. It received average reviews and didn't even chart in the UK. Outside of NES classic Metroid re-release, Federation Force remains the UK's worst-selling Metroid. Critically, things improved in 2017 when Nintendo returned to the Metroid's 2D roots with a remake of Metroid Prime 2, simply called, uh, simply called uh, Metroid. Yeah, they say Metroid. It's not a remake of Metroid Prime 2. It does say no. it does no. say Metroid Prime 2 here. I'm like what? Uh, so yes, Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. I want to correct that. I might want to. <laughs> I want to look at that. Uh, simply called Metroid Samus Returns. Uh, the game was made by European studio Mercury Steam and was very well received by critics. Unfortunately, it launched very late on the 3DS's lifespan and the Switch launched six months earlier and the sales for the game were low, but it outsold the game on which it was based and even sold better than Metroid Zero Mission. It was no surprise Mercury Steam was invited back to create another 2D Metroid. Metroid Dread released last week for the Nintendo Switch, heavily backed by Nintendo. The game 
received high critical praise. The game's launch sales were surprisingly uh, just behind the launch of Metroid Prime, but in terms of revenue, it's the highest grossing Metroid game so far. Indeed, Metroid Dread, after just one week, is already the eighth best-selling Metroid game, and the sixth in terms of revenue is already outsold Samus Returns, and that's without including the game's digital download data. And uh, yeah, I'll end it there. But it's um, we've got very little information at the moment, sort of the UK. The UK always seems to come out with their sales information just that bit, well, fair bit earlier than the US and the rest of the world. But I think um, I did expect Dread to do quite well, especially just being on the Switch. I think most series, a lot of Nintendo series have had their most most success on Switch, whether it's Pikmin, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart is already approaching. Has it, has it beaten Wii yet? If it hasn't already, it's, it's definitely going to. Um, so, yeah, a lot of Nintendo series are going to, going to beat it. Um, but just for Metroid... You know, it didn't have too high a bar really set for it, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's I think it's going to absolutely smash it. And I think just like even with Dread, it's had this. It's made such a big splash. It's going to be it's going to be so interesting to see what Prime Four does when that game releases. It's going to be massive. Just seeing all the hype for Dread, let alone let alone the big sort of you know third person shooter. Yeah, uh, it is. It is uh, definitely something that's uh, sort of weighing on my mind a little bit because um, Prime has the potential to uh, become. I mean, they're probably a first-person shooter, right? Especially if they do multiplayer and stuff like that. Um, the thing is, is while uh, Metroid and Halo, as stories, are relatively different in their own premise, uh, how the main characters operate and stuff like that it's a very similar feeling world, right? Um, obviously there's a lot of aliens to sort of combat, et cetera, et cetera. Has the best potential for multiplayer. Uh, we've seen multiplayer in Metroid Prime before, uh, obviously with Hunters on the DS. Uh, I think they I, I really need to push with the punches on Prime. Um, it's good to see what some are calling the end of the original Metroid saga. Um, I definitely uh, think that's probably going to happen if Prime can really kick off and become like the game it needs to be for Nintendo. Uh, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's up to you, Retro Studios. We'll see what you do. We'll yeah, see what you I'm do. hoping so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's all. All of the the dread stuff. We'll just finish up on. The- on some Pokemon news, which is uh, not really much to do with the games. They actually, um, they did have like a bit of a media blowout for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, just like a few of the new features that are going to be implemented in from um, existing games like Sword and Shield. It's going to be auto saves in there again, which is which is good. You can turn them off. They got the experience share, which is um, you can't turn on and off again, which was the same as Sword and Shield. Um I don't really feel that bad about it necessarily because there's no like hard mode or anything that I'd like from Pokemon. So it's kind of like turn it on or off, you know, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to playing the game. So I was, I was keen to see all that, but don't really have too much to say about it. But I did uh, notice just before we started recording that the Pokemon 25th year anniversary album is now officially out. All the songs are out. And I was listening to a little bit on Apple music and 
I know since since the Post Malone song. So the Post Malone song was like the very first one. They used sampling from Ecritique City from Gold and Silver. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You know, Post Malone using Pokemon music and the sampling. It sounded wicked. I absolutely love that song. But the rest of them, they're just pop songs. <laughs> they got like no relation whatsoever to Pokemon as far as like the ones I've listened to. There's um there is a see if I bring it up here. I had it on my had it on my phone. But I think it's there's a brand new one which came at, which uh, come out from uh, Jay Bowden, which uh, you know I think he like they actually sing about Pokemon in it, so I appreciate that. It's not like my favorite song or anything, but at least it has like relevance to Pokemon. But well, the Katy Perry one called Electric, it's a good Katy Perry song, and I get that it's called Electric, and she's singing about like the electricity between like like people and stuff. It's relating to Pikachu because it's electric. But apart from that, there's really not much Pokemon in the songs, which I'm disappointed about. I wish they all sort of used a little bit of sampling and stuff that Post Malone did. But have you listened to many of the songs yet? It's only just come out, so you probably I haven't, haven't listened haven't to it. it. No, yeah. I was just I was just looking at the track list just then. Um, we will just signify this real quick. Uh, we've got Electric Kate, and like some of these are important to note because they have the subtitle Pokemon 25th version, right? Yeah. Electric. Electric Pokemon 25th version by Katy Perry, right? So, presuming that it's called Pokemon 25th version, you've said that it just sounds like a Katy Perry song and there's not really anything else in there. Um, I would have to listen to that myself to sort of see. Uh, Faces by Jax Jones and uh, Sinead Harnett. Uh, we've got Take It Home by Mabel believing by little by little yachty <laughs> um cool uh 10 10 cuidado uh by jay balvin which is uh the one you said there is actually some rapping in there or whatever uh wonderful by sin got him by vince staples game girl by luann art show by tiara whack only want to be with you Pokemon 25th version by post malone uh, reconnect by Yaffe, Deiji, Yamamoto, and uh, Amy. Uh, <laughs> Take it home, ZHU remix by Mabel. Wonderful ZHU remix by Sin and Zoo. Uh, got a ZHU remix by Vince, ZHU, and Trombone Shorty. So the names I know in this. Uh, obviously Katy Perry, Jay Balvin, and Post Malone, which I will add as well. They've also had some uh, promotional Pokemon cards made up for them. Whether they're going to be released to the public or not mm. is yet to be seen, but they have a Katy Perry V, Post Malone V, and Jay Balvin V card. Uh, they all look very good, and if if I could get my hands on them, I would love to, uh, but we'll just have to see where that goes. Um, a Post Malone card would be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, that that it it is a really nice looking card too. I really like it. Um, the but apart from that, like Little Yardy, I know, but only because memes. Um, <laughs> you know, because you're me of memes, not easy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the rest of them, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really know if they have any connection to Pokemon whatsoever, or whether they were just brought on to do an yeah. album. It's one of those things. Yeah. I'll listen through it and actually like look up 
the lyrics and all of that, see what thing I can get. But it's all very like light references towards um towards like themes. Like Katy Let's Perry, see. she's not like, you know, Pikachu she's not singing about Pikachu and how great its electricity is. It's like it's very much just based on something else, but you can lightly tie it back to Pikachu's electricity. But uh okay so game girl by luann is french for the most part but by the looks the chorus is just let me be your game girl and i'll be not and i'll be like no one ever was pokemon please bring me back my game boy game boy Mm -hmm. i swear that i won't play with your heart so references there to obvious Pokemon reference there, obvious Game Boy reference there, so that's in there. Uh, the song is mostly in French. Uh, what else here looks good? Let's go Gotham by Vince Staples because that sounds like... Gotham. Uh, Vince Staples. I'm, I'm a catch him. I'm a catch him. Never stall out. Yeah. Life is a blessing, so I ball out. Yeah. I ain't going to tell him, tell him. They know what I'm all about. Yeah. Heavy stepping. Tell them, calm down. Yeah. Porsche 911 hat to back. <laughs> Where they at? <laughs> Watch for the snakes. Watch for the rats in the grass. Yeah. Ratatars are box. These, these is our blocks. Yeah, yeah. Can't get close to me. Getting smoke is a long shot. Yeah, you know how how that team rock. You don't want to be caught. Growing up, we fought. So yeah, a few references in there too. I can't seem to find the lyrics to believe. Oh wait, hang on. Never mind. I found them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Believing by Liliati. Jesus Christ, this is the whole song. I will read you the whole lyrics as fast as possible. Chorus. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. 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 All night long, long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Whoa, long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Yeah, long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. All night long, all night long, I need you dancing with me, moving your heels to the beat. Only just us, I feel so free. All night long, as long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Yeah, long as you're breathing, don't stop believing all night long. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Yeah, long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Long as you're breathing, don't stop believing. Long okay, as you're I breathing, don't stop <laughs> Kick it, kick it, kick it, kick it, kick it. I want to kick it. I need to kick it with you all night long. Kick it, kick it, kick it. If I could kick it, and I would kick it all night long. Light up. <laughs> Verse two. This is where it comes in. Light up the city like Pikachu. I feel the fire when I'm with you. Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard too. So pure like Jigglypuff. You're so smart, I can't get enough. You're like a diamond in the rough. I'm like it uh, all night. I'm dancing in a rush. All night long, catch them all, catch them all. Gotta catch them all. All night long, feel the electricity. I need you here with me. Sure you're in a question mark because they can't figure out what it says. All night long, gotta catch them all, catch them all, gotta catch them all. Yeah, yeah. Chorus, all night long, as long as you're breathing. Don't stop believing. Oh, long as you're breathing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> don't stop believing. So basically what they're saying is, is that there is there is a verse in there that is regarded the Pokemon. So it seems like it's it's at varying levels of like, actual pokemon integration 
Um, so that's the song by Little Yachty. So there you go. Uh, I did not. I almost did not expect anything Pokemon related in the Little Yachty song, uh, and I was almost convinced there was nothing at all because of the, the initial lyrics. Uh, but yep, yeah, I guess there. Uh, there you go. There, there's there's probably a little bit in every song, but it's probably that minor. And I mean, the Post Malone one was pretty minor when you think about it. Um, it was. It just like, but it hit home. That was the difference. Yeah, I think just like the nostalgic sort of music in it, just uh, yeah, it really hit home. And I think like Post Malone as well. It's just more my sort of music that I enjoy as well. Yeah, it could be. I think I think the thing is is that like compared to the one that we were reading earlier, that was just like, I want to be your game girl. It's like, give me back my game boy. It's like, okay. It's very um, surface level, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Very, very surface level. And like, you're not, you're not going to grab it straight away unless you're reading it in front of your face. And exactly. What you know what it reminds me of? It's just like on SoundCloud, if you type in Nintendo or even on Spotify or Apple music, you type in Nintendo, what you'll get is just um, like, Hey girl, you play me like Nintendo. You know, you're just playing me. <laughs> It's just like all the lyrics. There's no songs like, man, I love my Nintendo. Donkey Kong's great. Like there's there's no songs actually about Nintendo. They're just referring to like just getting played by the players, which are apparently fucking Nintendo gamers. I don't know. Yeah, so why can't they play it like PlayStation? It's like, I want to be your Kratos. I want to be your God of War. I want to be your Nathan Drake. I want to <laughs> dance like Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I want to prance like Jack and Daxter. Jack and Crackster. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Smoke some Crackster. Woo. There we go. There's our SoundCloud wrap. Put it, put it on SoundCloud. Yep. There you go. All right, bros. Let's, uh, let's wrap up the show with our Nintendo uh, Red Coin releases on Nintendo oh, Switch. Oh, oh. My brain is starting to slow down. It's getting late here. <laughs> Yeah, how's yeah, that, that it is. How, how's your brain there, Ross? My brain's been stuffed since this morning. I'm sick. <laughs> mm, I'm a bit too. I'm a bit too. All right, let's roll into it. Oh, so the very first game is A Little Golf Journey. You can get it for $28 on the Nintendo eShop. And the blurb reads, Unlock secrets, discover treasure, and take on challenges. Your golfing journey awaits. Join us on a little golf journey. Embark on your adventure and bring color back to the world as you complete complete golfing challenges across multiple destinations. With over 100 holes split across 10 stunning courses, you'll be able to unlock secrets and discover mysteries along the way. And I was actually interested in this game. Um, It's actually published by... Um, Playtonic Friends, which is a brand brand new sort of publishing yeah. arm from Playtonic. I'm looking forward to Little Gator. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, it does. That looks good. So, like, there's a lot of interesting games coming from this. Uh, yeah, Playtonic games. So, yep. pretty cool. Pretty cool. So uh, that will be a wish list game for me. I am trying. I can't even keep up with Metroid Dread. So, let alone other games. I mean, Animal Crossing is going to take my time. Let's be honest now. Um. Moving on to the Jackbox Party Pack 8. Uh, I'm just like about to read the blurb, but it just says about the Jackbox Party 8. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Here we are. This is where the information is. Uh, the eighth installment in the beloved Jackbox Party Pack franchise is here. Five hilarious new games will energize your next game night, holiday party, happy hour, or video call. 
No extra controllers needed. Players use their phones or tablets to play along. Got a bigger group? Play with up to 10 players and up to 10,000 audience members. The Jackbox Party Pack 8 is currently in English only. The game does not support online matchmaking, but can still be played remotely using live stream services or video conferencing calls. So about each game, so the five games I will list here. So uh, Drawful Animate. It's a live guessing game. A guessing game with terrible drawings and hilarious wrong answers makes up I du- makes a d- dynamic return. This revamped title plays create looping two frame animations based on weird and random titles. So, yeah, drawful. It's been in the Jackbox Party Pack for a while. It's always a lot of fun. You draw on your phone and create. What's Bryce doing there? What have you done? We almost dropped a million things. You almost dropped a million things. Almost dropped a million things. Oh. Just to hold some things hostage. Oh. Anyway. Um, (laughs) So the Wheel of Enormous Proportions. Trivia has never been so large. A fantastic mystical wheel of challenges awaits you with, with a variety of trivia prompts. Winners are awarded slices of the wheel's face with a chance to win big with each nail-biting spin. In the end, one player will have the most uh, most burning questions answer, answered by the great wheel. So, all right. All right. Whoa. Next up is Job Job. Uh, use other... <laughs> Fuck yes. I needed two. Uh, use other players' words to create unique and funny answers to the classic job interview questions. Uh, go head to head and see who scores the job. So that that sounds like a lot of fun. I reckon that would be great. Uh, the poll mine, a survey survey game, was all about you. Spin to teams and see who you can escape from the witch's lair. Players individually rank their choices to a difficult question and must guess how the group answered as a whole. How well do you know your friends? And the last one. Weapons Drawn, a social deduction game where everyone is both a murderer and a detective. Players doodle all of the clues, hiding a letter from their name in a weapon in weapon drawings. Can you solve murderers while trying to get away with your own? So I'm actually no. pretty keen for this. I want to play it. I think um, I think Ash is actually plan- planning a live stream or something, Bryce, to jump oh, into yeah. it. He's got it on PC, so I'm keen to play it. If you want to join in. Beauty. Beauty, beauty. beauty. And the last beauty. one is uh, Disco Elysium, which came to the eShop this week for 60 bucks. And Disco Elysium is a groundbreaking role-playing game. Become a hero or an absolute disaster. <laughs> Disco Whoa. Elysium, the final cut, is the, is the definitive edition of the groundbreaking role-playing game. You're a detective in a with a unique skill system at your disposal and a whole city block to carve your own path. Uh, unforgettable characters crack murder, crack murders, or take bribes. Become a hero or an absolute disaster of a human being. So, uh, Disco Elysium. <laughs> it was a massive game on PC a year ago or a couple of years ago. Um, just like being able to affect your story without basically any violence. It's all made through um, sort of dialogue decisions, um, and it greatly impacts the game. So it'd be interesting to check out. I'm keen to see what it's all about. I actually haven't played it myself, um, but now it's on Switch. It's, it's on PlayStation and Xbox as well, if you're, if you're keen for that. So they're the three um, releases of the week I wanted to point out. Beauty. Beauty.
<laughs> I was gonna, I was just gonna wait for you at the crack. Sorry, everyone. There we go. Uh, sorry yeah. for that pregnant pause there. But um, yeah, that brings us to the end of the show, Bryce. Anything you would like to say before we head on out? Uh, yeah. Providing this goes up, is this going up tomorrow morning? Uh, yes, it will be up it- when the people are listening to it. If people Beautiful. listen to it, it's definitely up. Uh, the <laughs> next few days, um, a few streams to point out. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash Revan Plus, uh, R-E-V-I-N-P-L-U-S, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Metadox, M-E-T-T-A-D-O-X, and twitch.tv forward slash <laughs> Wacko Jacko with a zero underscore at the end, I believe... Don't quote me on that. I've, if, I'll put it I've, in the show notes. Go and check it out in the show notes. Yeah. The links so to those it, it three. It's Sora it's week this week for Smash. It is the farewell to Smash uh, updates, pretty much, uh, unless they're balancing, I guess. Uh, so we're going to be playing Smash all week again. So uh, if you want to come in and play some games, uh, jump in. Um, probably about 8.30 ACST is generally when we start. Um, I know Wacko probably won't join in for all three days. In fact, I'm not even sure if both of those guys will play for all three days, but I will probably be playing all three of those days. Um, nice. So uh, feel free to come and jump in. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday, definitely. That's 100% the two days that I've, I've made sure are going to happen. Um, I may have an extra stream opportunity on Thursday. Uh, in which whether I stream Smash or something else will be another thing. Uh, but those three channels, please give them a follow uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you tomorrow night. Uh, well, technically tonight when you're listening to this episode. Mm. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. Who knows when they're listening <laughs> well, to this? Or two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. If, but even then, even then, I'll probably still be streaming on that night. So come jump in. Yeah. yeah sounds good. And everybody... Thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 210. If you enjoy the show, leave a Snapple podcast review. That's all we ask from you. Thank you very much. Please. Please. Don't need to feed my family with words written on the internet. <laughs> we got a lot of kids here at the House of Mario, and we just I need know. those reviews. I need my daily alphabetty. Alphabetty. Not even the spaghetti, just the alphabetty. Just the, just the alphabetty. Oh well, it's time to close the doors, Bryce. I'll okay. see you. I'll see you next week, mate. All right, all right, all right. Goodbye. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave the house, Murray. You want to stay here for a bit, do you? Want a beer? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, guys, until uh, next week, the doors to the house, Mario, are closed. Oh no! We'll catch you later. Bye. You just listened to the house of Mario a South Australian Nintendo podcast. Be sure to follow the boys on Twitter, leave an Apple Podcasts review, and join the Discord server to be a part of the community. A big thank you to these legends who support the show on Patreon at the producer level. Alex Harding, Sam Hay, and DJ. If you would also like your name in the credits, head over to patreon.com slash idruby and choose the tier that works for you. Until next time, We hope your day is 120 power star rated.